Hey everybody, it's John. I wanted to remind you that we do have a Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash alien minute. Over there on Patreon, Mitch and I discuss subjects concerning movies and television and just about anything else we want to talk about. So uh, if you want to come over there, you can subscribe for $2 a month for one episode or $5 a month for every episode at patreon.com forward slash alien minute. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we are analyzing the movie Aliens in short, controlled bursts. I'm Mitch Bryan. And I'm John Engel. And today we are talking about Minute 131, which begins with Ripley opening the airlock door and ends with the alien queen snatching Ripley's Reeboks, or seemingly so. I don't think that's her intention, though. I think she's trying to grab Ripley, but it looks like she's snatching those shoes, those snazzy Reeboks. Yeah, it's um, the minute ends like halfway through the shot, I think. Yeah. So he, he doesn't grab it quite yet, but he's grabbing for it, right? She. It's, she. it's the alien I'm so, queen. I always said she. Yeah, see, I'm out of practice. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're forgetting that uh, this is the mother on mother. Can we mother. just say they? Uh, say they. Really? That's gender neutral. Yeah, but it's so. Isn't the gender very important Clear, here? Clearly a female. Yes. I yes. Know. Clearly, <laughs> I was going to say clearly a female. The, the the thematically like the subtext here is very important <laughs> as far as gender is concerned. Oh uh, yeah. Well, this is the most action-packed minute of the entire film. That's my that's my contention right now. Um, the shots are less than a second each. It is so full of cuts, and every cut so full of excitement and action uh this is really kind of amazing i do think that that fact uh is part of what makes this work there's certain elements of this things that happen in this minute but this overall fight that works on a um believability level or a, a suspension of disbelief level as far as the effects are concerned i think cutting really fast is really important it also works uh, kinetically like we want that visceral quick action here we want to feel the blows we want to move around and we want to kind of feel it i mean i'm not going to read too much into the idea that they wanted us to be in the fight with them i'm not sure if that's really it but you kind of are you're kind of boxing around you're like you're almost like the referee in the ring with them like getting in real close to make sure everything's being done. well it feels like even on Clean. shots where there's a there's a crane uh, movement happening it feels like it's like an operator handheld sitting on a crane so yeah. it, it has this immediacy and this kind of handheld kinetic quality to it i had made the note that about 24 seconds in which is um on ripley's face when she's um screaming uh after the um blasting with the the flamethrower thingy you know the torch um 24 seconds in and we've had 19 cuts so we're definitely at about a second a cut which is um so nobody can Say that uh, Michael Bay was the first person. Yeah, to... I was just going to say, and that's now it's like the average shot yeah. length of CSI <laughs> Miami or it's whatever. True. Yeah, so it works. It works really well because we want this to be a gut puncher for us. We want to feel it, but we also need to be um, able to believe some of the miniature shots, which I think are all fantastically done. But when you look at them real closely, they're easily spotted. But they like, cut so fast. But you they don't cut see too them. fast and, for it. And yeah. the one thing that they got going for them they got going for them is the fact that um they're practical even mm-hmm. if they're miniatures they're practical yep. and everything about this sequence is practical yeah and it's just 
man, it's right there. It's right. You can touch it. You can, they can touch each other. It's not, it's not CG. And I don't mean to be an old fart on this one, but there is just something magical about the physical, practical quality of this whole movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a movie that doesn't opt for effects. And when, when it does for rear screens and things like that, they kind of stick out, you know, not, not, not the spaceship stuff necessarily, but certainly when we talked about the, when the ship crashes in the background and that, that looks a little, a little tricky, yeah. um, but this is so real. And, and that huge, the huge puppet and the small puppet are, are really quite amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's an audacious undertaking. Like, uh, just like we talked about last week with the effect of, of the queen ripping Bishop in half, how how would you know that was going to work? Like nobody's done anything like this, not at this level. Um, it took a lot of preparation and a lot of faith, I guess, in, in Stan Winston and crew that they would accomplish this. Um, and you're hanging your movie on it. You know, this isn't a throwaway bit. Now It's really going to pay off Yeah, in these minutes. It's really going to pay off. Now, Jason and I speculated that there was the possibility that if all this went to shit, they they still could have ended the movie somehow. Like, it wasn't as if, if this doesn't work, the whole movie crashes because there is a cutting point. You know, they could have not done a second ending, I guess. It would have made for a much lesser film. But there was a little bit of a lifeline there. But, man, we wouldn't be talking, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about it right now, I don't think. So... They put a lot of preparation into this and, and making sure it would work and, and without taking too much risk with the characters involved. They, they had to test the idea behind the, the 14-foot puppet and the loader mm-hmm. um, so that they knew Sigourney Weaver wouldn't be constantly like jabbed and poked by this big puppet. They And then they had to make sure that the pup, the little puppets, the, the miniatures would blend in well. Man, they're so well done. There's a photo out there. You can find it on Google. You know, just Google alien versus Ripley loader fight or something. And there's this great wide shot of the little set and cameraman here, puppeteers here and all that stuff. And it's like, oh dear God, how did they make this blend in so well with the real effects, like the big full scale effects? It's just so fantastically done. I mean, we've been so effusive about all of this, but, um, we can talk a for a second about, about just the, the general mechanics of this, not the physical mechanics, but the story sure. mechanics, yeah. uh, because there's a lot accomplished in this in this minute, mm-hmm. starting with the fact that the the door is opening. Right. It's going to reveal this space that the whole film is going to literally fall into. Um, and that's done with real economy. I mean, we see it happening in the background of as the fight is going on. So, again, how do you how do you put your pieces of exposition in, you put them within the action yeah. of the conflict. And so it's happening, you know, in the background. That that for me is one of the moments that sort of pushes the whole thing ahead. I think also it's it's really cool. Um, have we seen the tongue snap out already? No. I, That's I, the first time, right? I mean, we've seen... I mean, but in this fight. The inner jaw come out in an intimidating fashion before. We've seen it jab like uh, Parker in the head as right. a killing blow, completely un, you know, unsuspected. You know, Parker could have never guessed. Right. In this case, it's used tactically. It's like, and there's a lot of tactical maneuvers in this fight. Like you, we talked about a little bit last week how Ripley gets a little predictable in her fight technique. So the alien queen figures it out and she starts ducking her hooks. Yeah. And now Ripley's like, okay, what do I have to do? I'm going to open the inner door, which is a discussion we should have about that. But then I'm also going to move in 
and use the claws that I, you know, I'm going to use these tools I have and I'm going to grab and, and, and in an attempt, you know, her end goal to throw her into the um, airlock. But the queen's like, oh, thanks for bringing me in so close. Now I can use this thing. And yeah. Ripley has to duck that. So there's a lot of like actual boxing kind of going on here, which I think is fun. But uh, yeah, getting to see that thing snap out, that's scary as shit. Yeah, and it's really too. the watchword of this movie that I'm going to show you everything. Cameron is really committed to just showing us yeah. and embracing the reality, the physical reality of this world. And so when that thing punches out, you know, a couple of times and she has to duck to get out of its way, it's it's a very um, kind of welcome, scary, but welcome moment because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I really get to see how that thing works. <laughs> well, it's, it's really scary. Therefore, I mean, because it's kind of like it's as cool as it is when it pops through Parker's head. It's like, is that what it's for? Maybe. But I'd like to see it. I like the fact that we're seeing it utilized yeah. as, in, a, in a fight scenario, just like we got the tail last week. So we've had the tail, scorpion tail jabs. We've now had the inner jaw jabs. And you're right, because Cameron is saying, look at all the things on this alien that could be dangerous. We're going to make sure that all of them come into play here because I've got to escalate the danger for Ripley as you're watching this fight. And why not use everything that we got there? I mean, wouldn't it be a waste if she never jabbed her with the tail? I mean, that tail should have some use as well. Did we ever see it outside of... uh, the you know mismatched shot of it going through uh, uh, Lambert's, Lambert's legs. legs. We don't really see it used either, right? Uh, at any point. So it's nice to see these things implemented as weapons, which then you know speaks to the nature of the James Cameron movie Aliens, where of course these things wouldn't be used for sexual innuendo um, or just simple horror monster jabbing your brains out. This these are weapons used by a soldier of sorts, you know. So I think it fits with the theme of the movie. Well, and conversely, that uh, welding blast, that little flamethrower that she uses, is great because we don't know about that. So this isn't like we haven't seen that work before, right? We've never seen it on the loader, but boy, we've seen it all through the yeah, movie, but never right? Never on the loader. That's exactly. so. This is like you know we didn't have Q Branch walking us through everything that this loader can do early on to set that up. Very true. We're getting that. We're getting the pleasure, that pleasure from the alien because we know it has all these things. And so we're watching how they work. We don't know anything about how the loader works. So we're getting pure surprise about, you know, oh, she pulled that out of the hat. You know, look at yep. that. It does this. It does that. Well, that, isn't that exciting? So it's a new idea. This is full of new ideas, this, this sequence, this it's, minute. It's a new idea based on something we've seen. Therefore, it's not out of left field either. It's like, how many times have we seen a fucking torch in this movie? Lots. But we've only seen it used as appropriately as a tool to see it then utilized in this way is very satisfying because it's familiar, but it's also a new idea because we didn't know that the loader had that. And it also mirrors the alien, right? It's a thing that Ripley has that on her body, right. uh, her you know temporary body here that she can use. So it's a tit for tat. And I think that's really cool, too. Um, I did want to ask you what you think. This is one of those speculative things. She she. You know, in the last minute, she peeks over at the left arm of the loader. And the very beginning of this minute, she decides to key in something and open the airlock door. Was this her plan when she put the loader on, got in the loader? Or is this a decision she's making right here? Uh, Is she going, what can I do? What can I do? Uh, I'm protected in this thing. I can fight. Which do you think Ripley did? Because we're talking about our character Ripley here. And we're I talking think about her, her in Aliens versus her, her in Aliens as well. I think her plan was to open the door, knock it in, close the door, 
and zap it into outer space. And you mean she made that plan yeah. in the big closet? Yeah. yeah. And I think that that, and I think yeah. that, the, and what happens is that it doesn't quite work out the way she planned. I agree. What she did, she did not plan to go down into the hole with it. Of course not. Right. So I, that would be a terrible plan. That would be a bad plan. Yeah. <laughs> and Ripley doesn't make bad plans no. like that. So that's that would be my guess is that this was all part of her part of her plan to, to open it, throw it in there, and close it up and zap it out into outer space. Yeah. She's done it before. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I, I wanted to bring it up. I felt like the answer was fairly obvious, but we should but take we into don't account know. that we're in a different movie. Well, and we don't know that it's her plan. We're not given that information as a setup. So you're it's you it's have all, you have to, you know, postulate. It's all in our knowledge of her as a character. Yeah. And so it could very well be she's in there desperate and it's like, uh, at least I can put on this big exoskeleton to protect myself and fight off this thing and then see what happens. But that isn't very Ripley-ish. It's kind no. of aliens, though. I will say that's kind of more of a James Cameron-y kind of idea. But we're yeah. still dealing with Ripley, and she still is the Ripley that it's we saw. It's still aliens and airlocks, and we know yeah. what we do with those. Yeah. Never seems to no, work out quite the way we planned, but we know about how that works. I'm, I'm merely giving slight bit of credence to the idea yeah. that she yeah. maybe was doing this impromptu. Making but, it up as she goes along. Yeah, but in the <laughs> in the uh, closet of the, of the narcissist, she certainly knows what she's going to do. She gets that harpoon gun for a reason right she knows yeah. where she's going to go sit she knows what buttons yeah. she's going to push so that doesn't we, work out either based on that we don't need to see her postulating you know uh coming up with this plan to know that ripley came up with a plan here so i, I don't know i think that in the past maybe i've read it as impromptu a little bit without giving it too much thought because it does seem like she's going what do i do now and it does kind of make you wonder oh why didn't she just open the door when she first came out you know maybe she could have knocked it in right away but um, perhaps it's strategic, perhaps part of this fight, you know, I, maybe we could look at the minute again and see that she makes moves to move, you know, does things to move the alien queen towards it. I don't know. Sort of like pushing your opponent into the corner uh, in a boxing ring. So uh, I don't know. Do you think that the shot when we're looking up from the bottom of the air airlock and something falls in before before the two of them fall in? Mm-hmm. You think that's the is that the live set or is that the is that the miniature? That's the miniatures. I'm pretty that's sure that's the miniature. I think before they, before they, they fall say in. in the commentary that once they cut to that wide shot of the alien queen grabbing that all of it is miniature until they land at the bottom. I feel like somebody said that somewhere. Okay. Or maybe I read that somewhere. Well, I didn't do but my homework. So. It makes a hell of a lot more sense to me. I don't think they ever dropped the um, prop. No, no, no. I knew that, but I just. Yeah, yeah. But there's something else that falls in first. I think. Oh, uh, okay. And that's what I wondered whether that was to sell the reality of the physical space. But it couldn't. It may very well be that it's that it's uh, miniature. I mean, the miniature would sell it too. I mean, you don't yeah. need. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, this is some really good miniature work. So they were probably pretty confident in it. But again, we're back to a thing, right? Where. Cameron does gives us a little touch of something to make us believe, to ground us for a minute, to just make us calibrate yeah. to watching this big moment that's yeah. happening that's completely fake, but we believe it. And uh, and the other thing that happens here that's one of my favorite, always been one of my favorite little moments in this movie is that a really convincing scream from Ripley when she realizes she's going in. Yeah, she is terrified like real deal terrified when she gets pulled down in there and it sells it so well because you're looking at a freaking barbie doll and uh, you feel really strongly that that's ripley and she's horrified and uh in dire uh straits here so uh it's great cameron was just so that, good at that impact you, you know you got that puppet shot of of 
the loader being pulled down, right? And yeah. it goes down. And then there's that one impact shot where it hits the hits mm-hmm. the side of the of the of the area. Well, like before. where her head hits, like the head part. Hits. Yeah, That's yeah. Great. And it's got a great is, sound effect. Is that a practical f- full size, or is that? Do you think that's puppet that's, too? I'm pretty sure that's the miniature. Wow. I, don't, I can't imagine they would so do cool. that to the full size prop. Like yeah. when you can sell all these other things with a miniature, wouldn't you do that with the miniature? You're, the miniature is f- certainly more expendable. Certainly Sigourney Weaver. I mean, they right. could have put a big dummy in there, I guess. But um, instead, they put uh, a little dummy. In they it. put a little <laughs> dummy in there, and and yeah. and it's great. You it's know? really good. And it's... again, the screaming, the sound effects, all that uh, sell every bit of it. So once again, we're getting. I mean, that's really kind of the theme of Aliens uh, for the show is like the big moments. But the effects are just done so There's no so music well. either. And there's no music. That's what else is so great. Yep. It's like it really, I, I think that it is a real um, art to know when in an action picture to not have music. Because these days, I sound like an old fart, everything is, you know, scored wall to wall. Um, Sometimes. Some, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I'm just still, saying, there's people. Out, yeah, yeah. Lately, but, we've been getting smarter guys out there, but sorry, th- that's didn't mean true. That's true. But like Marvel movies, sometimes they've been sometimes, better. Sometimes they've they're been better. better lately. Yeah. So there, th- so so it is really interesting to think about that about the fact that having music all the way through an action movie is not necessarily the right choice. That sometimes yeah. the action scenes play better, letting it dry and then let the music come in at a certain point. I mean, is there a certain level of cacophony involved here? If there's music, like if you're sitting down cutting this and you got your composer and you got your Foley artist and you've got all these people and you're creating the soundscape for the scene, isn't there just too much damn noise already? 2.5, right? Yep. The Walter Murch rule. Too many sounds. Like Murch and Murch is the man. We know he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, not, if not, he certainly presents himself in a way that he like, I, that he knows what he's talking about. I think about. His, deed, his deeds speak, speak for themselves. Speak for themselves. That's true. That's um, exactly right. Yeah, this would be breaking the 2.5 rule. If you tried to uh, have those big trombone sounds or any of that kind of stuff in this that you might think that uh, uh, Horner might do, I think it would be too much. Yeah. So you're watching this, and the music of it is the clanging, the banging, the screeching, the screaming, the all of that. That's the music. So why would you interrupt it? All of that's so visceral. And then you might under, you might take away any sound effects you know, impact. Like, what if you had a big musical moment while when the head hits the side? Like, would yeah. you even think, what would you be thinking about the music? Probably not the sound effect, which sells the effect. So the music here might have undercut the sales job of the yeah. effect. Yeah, I mean, you might have gone like, well, first of all, you're adding artifice, right? Another level of artifice yes. to it. So, you to know, me it's brilliant. To so, me, it's a brilliant choice, and it's clear. It's a clear choice. If you're smart, uh, as smart a filmmaker as James Cameron, I'm sure he watched this and went. Yeah, there's no need. Plus, it saved him some time. No need for old Horner there to but come up with some off you, the cuff. So you've got score. the fall as they fall in. You've got that fall is sort of seen from above, and then the match cut looking up as it falls towards the camera, mm-hmm. and then you get your close insert of of Ripley, yeah, on impact reacting. So you're back to the human part of it. Yep. And then from that, you jump to to Newt yelling Ripley, and mm-hmm. and again, what's fascinating is that is that's the first real cutaway. To anything other than Ripley and the Alien Queen right. during this whole minute, and it's forty seconds in, and we finally get you know it's the old cut to the saloon girl or cut to the owl around the campfire, you know, to to have to establish something else happening over here, um, yeah. and so it's it's Newt screaming or or cutting away to the 
witnesses to the fight going, ooh. Right, uh, right, exactly. Uh, yeah. You don't want that here. But but now that's something... cutting away to the terrible moment in Casino Royale where, where he goes, Bond will have to get draw a queen in order to win this game. <laughs> it's like, explain it all to me. Please. But in this case, Newt, it's, it's time because if you're Newt, um, you don't know what's going on down there. And you don't know that she's not falling to her death or dead already. Uh, you don't know. So it's a good time for, for us to get it's back into the second. In, it's another engine. It's starting mm-hmm. up another another engine that's going to pay off. Because we also don't know what Ripley's next move is going to be. So why not jump into Newt's shoes for a second and feel her like childlike uh, terror at her mother figure going down this uh, hole? And not knowing where what, what's going to happen with it, you know. And we know what the, I mean. I think we know what the what the function of this airlock is as moviegoers at this point, especially if we've seen Alien. So the dangers are inherent. Like she's gonna her her goal is there. She's gonna have to do something about it, but she's gonna have to get out of that hole. And she's and you know obviously putting anyone in a in a in a pit with a monster is always scary. So. Yeah, um, and and so we get Ripley. She grabs the rungs of these ladders, uh, this ladder, and starts to go up. And we get the the alien queen do the classic snatch the foot, and uh, that's where the minute ends. Yeah, I, I I think that the other thing that's kind of interesting um, is that shot as she escapes and jumps to the ladder and starts to climb up. And you're mm-hmm. looking down, and you clearly must be looking down on the giant version of the of the alien queen at this point I think because so, it's yeah. really Sigourney Weaver jumping out and climbing right, up, right. which is Two seconds, it's like one of the longest, it's it's a lot, it's two whole seconds. It's one of the <laughs> longest shots in this minute. But that fact that you can actually see her and see it, it's really happening. We're really and truly in the space. That damn thing is really there. Mm-hmm. And she's really climbing up a real ladder. And it's just, it's just so great. And that's where you have that boom I was talking about where it feels like there's a floating camera that's moving up the, up the ladder with her, mm-hmm. but it's, it's jiggly. So, so my guess is that it's an operator sitting on some kind of a boom or something because, yeah. because it's, it is a handheld shot and it just adds that tension uh, to the, to the moment. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, do you have anything else for this minute? I think that's it. I, I, I want to see whether she loses her shoe or not. Yeah. I got to hang on to those Reeboks, man. They're in demand for sure. All right, well, that's going to do it for Minute 131. Uh, you can find us at AlienMinute.com on Twitter at AlienMinutePod uh, or on Instagram at AlienMinutePodcasts. Um, this will be our, here's our final Monday thank you to Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson at Star Wars Minute. Thanks again, guys, for loaning us out this uh, concept and letting us use it for these two movies. Uh, we appreciate it greatly. And if you're uh, interested in listening to, uh, there's actually some really good conversation going on at Star Wars Minute right now about Revenge of the Sith. Um, I've, I've made, I've jokingly talked about how terrible that movie is and I still say it is, but there's been some really great guests on there that have had some interesting takes on it and Star Wars in general. So, um, definitely go over there and listen to Star Wars Minute, uh, as they talk about Revenge of the Sith right now. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. We'll see you tomorrow for a minute. One thirty-two.